Hi, everyone. You're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast where two best friends talk about all their favorite TV shows and movies. This week, we are so excited to talk about Fire Island. Daria. Hi, Jenny. Hello, listener. Welcome back to Hotel Vicarious. We took a little bit of a break, um, but we are back and excited to talk about today's movie. Yes, we are so excited. And full disclosure, we were both just feeling kind of lazy last week. (laughs) I was just like so tired. (laughs) Just totally out of it and I was like what are we even watching I don't even know we had no idea we were just totally all over the place and yeah we decided to just take a little take that I guess excuse as a little bit of a breather just catch up on some stuff which we did and now we are back we're back and it's big and it's amazing and this week we are covering the super incredible Pride and Prejudice adaptation, Fire Island, by Joel Kim Booster, and we're kind of obsessed. It is so good. It actually might be one of, like, the best adaptations of Pride and Prejudice, like, without, without it being a Regency remake. It yeah. actually is, like, there were so many moments where I was like, oh, oh my god, I know what that is. Oh, I know what this is. I know what this is. Like, it was, like, you could really tell he had taken the time to, like, really use the narrative of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice and make it into this sort of, like, amazing homage to this week-long event at Fire Island. And I think it kind of falls into the iconic teen comedy adaptations like Clueless and 10 Things I Hate About You and She's Not the Man. Like these just really fun modern adaptations of older works. Mm -hmm. I I can't. Like I think it is my favorite Pride and Prejudice adaptation. Um, I honestly like... Outside of the 2005 film, like it is. Yeah, so it is perfect. really up there. I mean, I'm sorry, like Conrad Ricamora definitely is giving Matthew McFadden a run for his goddamn money as yeah. Will, aka Fitzwilliam Darcy. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously, we've talked about Bo and Yang before on the podcast. We're both yes. huge fans. And so when. Bowen talked about this sort of like wonky concept of doing like, you know, the queer version of Pride and Prejudice. I was, I was all in. I was like, yeah, of course. This man wore a fake iceberg hat on its head during SNL and made me laugh harder than anything. Has in a long time. Like, of course I'm going to see this movie. Mm -hmm. And so I've become really well acquainted with Joel Kim Booster's work and I'm I can't like this is just I haven't felt this much joy in watching a film in a really long time oh yeah it was there was points where I literally was 
was just laughing out loud like so hard I could not contain myself. Yeah. One of the really cool things about, you know, being close to New York City and and having lived there and uh, there's an amazing community in New York when it comes to like media and film. I mean, there's just a ton of really great organizations and New Fest is kind of like the LGBTQ plus film and media kind of like group in New York and they do um, these really great film festivals every year and this year um, in honor of Pride Month they did this really great week of just queer cinema and their kickoff event was the like world premiere of Fire Island. It was like the night before it went live on Hulu. Um, The entire cast, I think everyone was there except for Margaret Cho. They came, there were some really great intros I, of course, was like, yeah, I gotta go. Like, I gotta be there. Like, <laughs> How could I gotta, you not? I gotta How could you go. Not? Like, yeah, I gotta yeah, yeah. support my, uh, my love of Bo and Yang. And also, mm-hmm. I mean, Pride Month in New York is such a special thing, and I wanted to participate. Yeah, for sure. So let me tell you, Jenny, I wish I took photos. I know. You, took, you sent me one photo, and it was, I think, of just the screen. <laughs> Before the movie had started. (laughs) This was so much fun. I mean, you're talking about like hundreds of just super excited individuals to see this movie. And everyone looked incredible. Uh, I think Joel was wearing this like gorgeous corset under his suit. And James Scully, um, who plays the the Bingley character he was wearing this like great green suit with like matching eye makeup I mean everyone looks beautiful and being able to watch the movie in that kind of crowd was wild yeah I bet it was amazing you know you just have so many people who who go to Fire Island every summer and you know they live and breathe all of these events and to have it so perfectly encapsulated on film was just I mean the meat locker jokes got me every single time. So <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think I messaged you afterwards, like <laughs> obnoxiously about how much I love this. Yeah. And I mean, and rightly so. So, I mean, I only watched it today because I've been super, super, super busy with the bookstore and getting stuff ready for our big event next weekend or this coming weekend. Woo, woo. <laughs> I know. Yay. Come see us. We'll be at Word in the Street at Queen's Park in Toronto. So if you are around, come see us. But uh, I finally got a chance to watch it this afternoon after work. and Or this evening, I guess, <laughs> after work. And I... It's just so good. It was just so... It was such a... I don't know. There was nothing about it that I didn't like. Yeah. There's that one thing that I was like, oh, they could have done this better or they could have done this differently or they could have. It was perfect. It was, it was <laughs> absolutely perfect. Yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I mean, if I really thought about it, you know me, I can pick anything out every <laughs> once in a while. I mean, I do think and we'll get into it. I. I think when you kind of stick so closely to the original work, sometimes you do miss out on ways that you could maybe have changed things. Yeah. And I think um, Torian Miller, who plays Max, 
who was sort of like the Mary Bennett character. You know, so great. He was so fun and so good, and I almost wish they could have used him more. But they were definitely yeah. sticking really close to the books, and Mary is sort of like the forgotten sister, so. And she's also, like, really the a big pessimist and, like, such almost, like, a little bit of a buzzkill. Yeah. And, like, he truly, like, it just did such a great job in portraying that sort of, like, Mary Bennett energy. But then, you know, it, there is a part when we when he is, like, I think, I don't even know what he is on. Oh, Ketamine, oh maybe? Yeah, it might have been the ketamine. Uh, and he's just, like, so in love with himself. And it is so great. It was just it's so good. Like, truly, he is one of my favorites. And it's such a good moment, too, because he's actually having, like, a low-key panic attack because he doesn't know how high he is. But every time he looks in the mirror, he starts to just, like, kind of, like, vogue. Yeah, And I mean, like, he's just doing, like, a little face in the mirror, but he's also crying at the same time. I mean, I just... I know. I can't. I was, like, laughing so, so hard. I know. Um, But also, dear listener... Uh, I did not realize that Charlie, um, who is played by James Scully, who takes on the character of Charles Bingley from the original, is 40 from the TV show You. And Daria just blew my mind so much that I just, like, literally just stood staring at her on the screen for, like, two whole minutes. Because I was like, what? Yeah, it was a beautiful moment. I kind of How? I cannot believe that I did not recognize him. Like, what? I know. I'm telling you it's because his hair was different. <laughs> That's it. Well, That's what I'm sticking to. He's just playing such a, like, puppy dog character in this movie. And Forty's so outrageous yeah. that I feel like it, yeah. you're just not expecting it. So That's it, true. It's he, very easy. He does play an excellent Charles Bingley, though. I oh, mean, my gosh. The Truly. way. The looks. If someone, I mean, like, I... Does my husband look at me the way that Charlie looked at Bo and Yang's Howie? I don't know. It's <laughs> Honestly, just, it's so it's so good. He's just it's beautiful. So cute. The cutest. Oh, all right. Should we start from the very beginning? Yes, let's do it. So the adaptation as a whole is it's like it's sort of cramming down everything into the events of a week. And so the movie kicks off with Noah, played by Joel Kim Booster playing the Lizzie Bennett character. When we first meet him, <laughs> he's like in bed, he's slept through his alarms, and there's another man with him. Right. And so we sort of get the understanding that this take on Lizzie is a very like physically, sexually confident individual who like, fuck a relationship, fuck monogamy. Like I just want... To have fun and be with my yeah. friends and like I don't really care about love. Like I don't want to I don't care right. about being in love. Right, right. Which I think is such a great update. Um and I think, you know, obviously you have two uh <laughs> two women discussing the dynamics of, you know, gay culture on Fire <laughs> yeah. Island. But I do think that they were very particular about the sort of like stereotypes they wanted to embody in this film and the kind of the way they wanted to push past things and like really kind of analyze the like stereotyping and the the culture and the way it 
looks at your body and your race and your class. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's a really big part of kind of why they chose Fire Island. Um, So I think this approach to Lizzie is really, really smart. And I, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just like immediately in love with the whole oh, like, yeah. first so five great. minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. <sighs> yeah, it totally, it's, oh, it is so good. So basically they're just sort of this found family of friends. Um, and they come together once a year to meet up on Fire Island uh, at the house of their friend Aaron, who is part mother part I don't know ride or die part you know she's she basically owns this house on the island with settlement money that she got from a lawsuit for eating glass in a salad <laughs> like it's the it, I love it it's like so random but like I know hilariously enough I know someone named Aaron who has a story not too dissimilar from this. And it makes me, it made me laugh so hard that her name was Erin. And I think the craziest thing is that I remember reading that initially they had wanted a more Mr. Bennett character. And so like, I think that is the one thing that I kind of wish that we had both parental figures. Mm. They had originally wanted to have, you know, uh, I think an older gay man play the role and eventually that didn't work out. So they kind of rewrote it and then hired Margaret Cho, which like, yeah, everybody should try and have Margaret show in their movies. Uh, yeah, I think she did. Insane. I, I, yeah, and I think she did a really good job of kind of portraying both sort of sides of M- Mrs. Bennett with her like screaming randomly um, at things, which I thought was just great. But also the sort of like more subdued version where she does have to sell the house and. Mm-hmm you know, this is what's going to happen and they just have to, you know, they'll just have to deal with it. And so you kind of get that sort of more subdued Mr. Bennett th- yeah, from her as well. She, she did such a great much job. play both. It's, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So the breakdown basically is there's Joel Kim Booster who plays Noah and that's the Lizzie character. And then there's Bo and Yang who plays Howie, which is the Jane character. And Howie and Noah have this, like, of the entire group, they have the most close relationship. And, and mm-hmm. like, they would probably be each other's best friends. Mm-hmm. But um, Howie had to leave New York for a job in San Francisco. And so they really do only see each other once a year. And I think that's, like, a pretty important um, thing to know about the relationship as we start the movie. And then you have my cat. Mm-hmm. you have matt rogers who plays luke which is like the lydia character Mm -hmm. and then you have uh tomas matos who plays keegan which is the kitty character Mm -hmm. and then as you mentioned before torian miller is max based on the mary character and so they all met at this brunch place in the city and margaret cho's character erin also worked there and so they definitely bonded over being, you know, the servers at this bougie brunch place. And like, mm-hmm. you know, none of them really come from a lot of money. And they definitely have a lot of that, that stuff in common. And so they bonded really fast. And, and they have such like a lovely little family dynamic. They do. They really do. It's so great. And, you know, there's one of the things uh, someone mentioned to me that they saw in 
Twitter, or sorry, on TikTok, is that Keegan, Luke, and Max all have the same initials as Kitty, Lydia, and Mary, which I thought was pretty funny. It's so good. And I think the updates to the characters are just spot on. And it's a great way to sort of give the group a lot of different dynamics, you know, like Noah feels like the leader of the group and Keegan and Luke definitely have this like cute little comedic relief. Yeah. Friendship. Max is sort of the big worry wart. Erin definitely straddles the line of the like crazed Mrs. Bennett and the more low key Mr. Bennett. Yeah. And there's just so much obvious love there. Like I think, you know, one thing about queer culture is oftentimes you are going to fall into these groups and they're going to become your family because, you know, maybe you don't have the right relationship with your biological family. And so right. I think being able to portray that in the way that this film did, did is, is so important and, and so real and mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. And I think, I think I read a, an article in Vulture. Um, it was like a, kind of like a bio piece on Joel Kim Booster. And that's very much like what kind of, I mean, it. you don't really, you know, he doesn't talk about his family too much in the movie, but he also doesn't all we, in the bio um, piece as well, he kind of just talks about how he does have this sort of found family to supplement, you know, his, his other family. So it, it's kind of like interesting to see that, you know, to, that he's taken sort of bits and pieces of that, um, that, that, that lived experience and put it into this movie that other people will absolutely relate to. Yeah, it it's so great. And so the movie kicks off with sort of their arrival into Fire Island, taking the ferry in. For those listening who might not, you know, uh, know what Fire Island is, it's just this like super famous spot on the south shore of Long Island where a lot of LGBTQ folks will go over the summer. It really is like a very safe haven. It's like a famous village. I, you know, it's legendary, man. Like if you're in New York and you're, you know, in the queer community, you've probably gone to Fire Island and it's beautiful. And also very clearly, like, anywhere in the world, there's a really interesting view of, like, the mansions and the Mm. money. Like, if you can afford to own a beach house, you are definitely in a certain income level. And so it's really funny that they make it possible for them to be there because Erin won a class, like, a lawsuit. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. Not because she comes from some sort of, like, wealthy background, but that she, you know, got super lucky eating glass. I right, that's a great <laughs> so way great. to give them like the in on the island. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And so, um, when they get there, um, we kind of see they're just we kind of see it's like clearly you know there everyone has their own sort of like goals for the week that they're there, and some are a little bit more like. I would say, like, I don't know what the word is. Like, they, some of them are just like, yeah, I just want to go. I'm coming to Fireline to get laid. Like, that's yeah. it. That's, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then some of them are more like, it's a vacation, you know. 
Um, and Howie is more like, I don't know, he kind of, he doesn't come out right and say it, but he is kind of looking for something a bit more serious. Yeah, I think, I think he's a romantic at heart. I think he really Mm -hmm. wants the rom-com experience. Like, he wants to be swept off of his feet. He wants to feel like he's loved for exactly who he is. And so the Mm -hmm. idea of, like, a a random hookup just doesn't appeal to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he also carries, I think, a lot more insecurity than Noah does, at least outwardly. You know, he right. He says a lot, like, "This is the way I look." Like, it does. It's not as easy for me as it is for you. And you Mm -hmm. know, I can't just do the hookup thing because who is even gonna want me? Uh, So it's a very, it's an interesting kind of thing because it's not. Like, Jane, Jane's character isn't really like that, right? Like, Jane is sort of, like, the belle of the family. I mean, she's the most beautiful. She's the... Yeah. You know, I mean, she's definitely not, like, super confident. But, like, there is a reason that, like, Bingley, like, looks at her immediately. Yeah, and she's also just sort of, like, she's the oldest. And so she's the one that they look... You know, that's the she's the one that's going to get married first. And, you know, so that, that is kind of a little bit, like... She's sort of maybe resigned to her position is like a bad term to use, but it, it's kind of true is like she, you know, she is looking for, she is looking to, to meet, um, you know, someone who will be her husband, you know, like that kind of thing. So I think, um, yeah, she, in, in those ways, maybe they are a little bit similar where they are looking for something a bit long-term. They're looking for something that's not just like a, a quick hookup over uh, the course of a week, you know, that kind of thing. But definitely that's sort of where the, where the similarities end, but it doesn't take away from like it, it, it works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it works. It's, well. Yeah. It, it, they've, this screenplay really elevates the sort of, the idea um, that Jane sort of has in the, in the book. And then it just elevates it to like sort of a new level with Howie and his insecurities and, and, you know, and in terms of not just, not just like on fire Island, but in general in, in life. Yeah. And so Noah decides to make it his mission that he is going to get his best friend laid this week. And he's asking Howie to sort of just, like, take a page out of his book and, like, just see. And Noah's like, I'm not even going to get laid until you get laid. Like, I'm not going to prioritize me. I'm going to prioritize you. And so that sort of sets the stakes for the movie, right? So now we're going to wait. We're going to see, like, is Howie going to meet someone what we're, you know, what are we going to look at? Yeah, and so they're sort of, they, they have this, the first sort of, I can't remember what it's called, party that they go to called High Tea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's like, yeah, it's High Tea. It's like afternoon tea. Uh, tea is like a big afternoon kind of party in queer culture. And it's like the kickoff to Fire Island, like your week in Fire Island. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, so this that's where they're at. And that is when they spot from across the bar, this super cute 
slightly dopey <laughs> uh, <laughs> little golden retriever of a himbo mm-hmm. uh, named Charlie. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he is smitten immediately with Hallie. He is. And he's like kind of like waving to him like a big dork from across the room. Like he has no chill. Charlie no chill. has no chill at all when it comes to Howie. He really automatically just like really likes him. Like it's it's truly oh it's just so good. You know and and <laughs> Bowen Yang does such an amazing job of his body language in this scene. Like he's just he projects such great nervous energy with his gestures and his like insecurity and like he does such a good job it's really good and you know everyone kind of pounces on it like they're so excited for howie that when the groups kind of converge (laughs) they're like yeah whatever you want to do we'll do it we'll do it and uh it's sort of there's this really cute moment where um they're sort of pushing howie to follow after them and he sort of like trips down the stairs. Oh, it's so good. And Charlie's like, yeah, no, 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 don't worry. Whiskey, have some whiskey. I know I'm a doctor. And the way Margaret Cho responds. It's so, in the, it's, her shriek <laughs> is so good. It's like she has channeled all the Mrs. Bennets that have come before her. And it's yet just yeah. elevated it to, an, it's so great. It's so funny. Oh, it's so funny. So then they end up meeting Charlie's friends. So we have Cooper, right? Is one of the friends. He's kind of... Yeah, Cooper. He's sort of like the Caroline Bingley The Caroline Bingley. Yeah, he's quite interesting. And then we have Will, uh, played by Conrad Rickamora, who is sort of the Darcy equivalent. And he's very cold. He's very quiet. He really doesn't seem like he wants to be there at all whatsoever. Um, So right off the bat, like, uh, you know, Rickamora is doing an amazing job. Yeah, he gets this sort of stoic, quiet, I don't know what's happening here, I'm not sure I like it vibe, like, down. He gets it so, so well. And he's so handsome. Oh my god, he's so handsome. I just want to mention one thing. Before Howie and Charlie actually meet, there is a moment when Noah and Will actually interact with each other at the bar so <laughs> yes that's right will will goes to buy get drinks for him and howie and there's this like very terrifying weird white hipster <laughs> i don't even know he's just really creepy um he, and he's like he trying- has an asian fetish like he yeah he's yeah, got like nine anime tattoos like it's very it's not good. It's really not good. Um, and so he's like hitting on Noah and Noah is like, oof, no. Um, and this guy kind of won't take no for an answer. And Will is walking by and Noah tries to do the thing that I know like so many people have done. I mean, I, I'm, I've done it. I'm sure you've done it where you're like trying to get away from someone and you're like, oh, that's okay. Don't worry. My boyfriend will pick it up. And it's just whoever is standing next to you. Yeah. And normally, normally the person who you're trying to sort of 
pull into your little charade, picks up the cues and kind of goes along with it. And Will just does not know what to do with himself. He is just like, I don't understand what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, it's so... I mean, it's just like... (laughs) You're like, oh, you don't get social cues whatsoever. That's charming. Like, that's a little... <laughs> and then what he's like, going to do with you? <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to go now. And he yeah. just turns around and walks away. <laughs> and it's, it's a really great moment. Like, I think one of the things that Kim Booster's screenplay does so well is it, like, modernizes the original work. And it gives you really fun reasons for why things might be happening, right? So, like, one of the first things that happens when they get to the island is that Noah's phone falls in the pool. And his cell phone is, is, is like, DOA for the whole week. And so that's something, obviously, we have to keep in mind. And then with that mm-hmm. interaction at the bar, it sort of sparks that immediate dislike yeah. for, for – um, for will that noah has and so you sort of get this like and en- like these like i don't know enemies to lovers vibe happening and it's it's a really good modern take because it's not like you know it can't just be that he's just some like rich doofus at a, a right no the, no the, the field you know no they've they've modernized the pride and the prejudice of the moment into a way that feels legitimate and not just like kind of forced because it's a pride and prejudice sort of remake yeah and it's this really there's this really cute moment that follows right so after um how he falls down the stairs and and they sort of leave the party uh charlie is like we were just gonna go see the sunset and <laughs> noah's like us too us too we're gonna go too and so the entire <laughs> crew heads out to the pier and one of the really great parts of this, and it does sort of call back to at least like the 2005 adaptation, Bingley thinks that Jane and Jane's family are really amusing and like really mm-hmm. funny. He thinks Lizzie mm-hmm. is hilarious. And so yes. James Scully does this really well playing Charlie. He thinks that Howie and his friends are fucking hilarious. He is tickled. Every single time he is he near them. He just loves them. He loves them so much. And when they're on the pier doing the countdown to the sunset. It's so great. He is just so excited to be there. And it's great because he's smiling like this like little goofy doofus. And then you have Will and Cooper standing there like, what are we going to do with these guys? Like, I don't want to be. <laughs> I right. I don't want to be with I am these done. people. Yeah, which, you know, we kind of like, I would say like, yeah, Cooper is definitely giving off that vibe. He doesn't seem like he has a lot of depth. Um, And we he kind of just proves that over and over again. Whereas Will, we're kind of like unsure that is he is he kind of like, oh, these, you know, or is he just so socially awkward that he just doesn't know how to like portray any other vibe? <laughs> yeah, it's. It's interesting because I do think that there are moments in the film where we kind of catch Will laughing a little bit at some of the comments that Noah makes in a I find this man funny kind of way. But Noah always takes it as if Will's laughing at him and not Mm -hmm. with him. Yeah. Uh, So there's definitely a mixture of like he doesn't really know socially how to engage and also maybe, yeah, he like doesn't know what to do with his people. (laughs) 
Yeah. And then there is... So after that night, they... They meet up again, right? The next day. Well, no, they actually go to a party. Oh, go to a party. Sorry. Yeah. So later, they go to yes, the party later that day. At Charlie's yes. house. Or it's not Charlie's yes. house. I'm not sure who it is. But it's like a big, beautiful mansion and, and everyone there is yes. rich and hot, basically. Right. Um, and there is this sort of like moment when they all walk in and this like one white guy is like, mm, Can we help you? best running gag of the entire movie it is the best running gag because it says so much without saying absolutely anything at all but it really truly does so he's like can we help you like what the hell who are you in my house and they're like oh we're looking for charlie and then cooper's like oh you actually came okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so it's really it's kind of funny because immediately Keegan and Luke are like full on Kitty and Lydia in this freaking party. Like they are just living their best lives, eating all the cheese, drinking all the booze, wreaking absolute um, havoc. Absolute havoc. And so Howie and Charlie have found each other and they are um they are kind of just like chatting and like a little bit of flirting and it's really sweet and you can tell that like Charlie really does enjoy Howie's company. Yeah, I mean, they are just, they're in like, I don't know, it's like honeymoon mode where they can't stop talking. That's all they're doing. They're like divulging like old secrets to each other, giggling, laughing. You know, uh, it's not quite what Noah wants. You know, Noah wants him to get Mm -hmm. down and dirty and like kind of do the thing and Mm-hmm. for Howie, he's like, no, I actually think I like this guy, and I think he likes me too. And mm-hmm. it's just like this really sweet dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, and so as they're kind of getting closer, they get interrupted by Cooper, who's like, uh, have you seen Will? I can't find him. So then Charlie's like, okay, I gotta go, I gotta go. So he goes to find, he goes to find Will. And in that moment, I think that is when Noah goes to the washroom, right? Yeah. But then he he's kind of, he goes to the washroom, but then he's kind of like snooping in Charlie's things to sort of, you know. Because it was like, he asked Howie, he's like, well, have you talked about what you want to do? Like, have you kissed yet? Do you know if he's on prep? Like, what do you know about this man? Like, because if if you're going to sleep with him, like, you need to find these things out. Right. So when Noah goes to the bathroom, he's like, oh, I'm just going to take it upon myself to go to the primary bathroom where Charlie's things are and I'm going to investigate his, you know, like travel kit and see what's in there. Right. Right, exactly. And which like I have to say, I do love Noah's character, but it definitely has a lot more of like an Emma vibe than a <laughs> Elizabeth Bennett vibe to me in yes. some ways. So I kind of love like the merging of the two. Mm-hmm. Because in some ways, Howie is actually a merging of Jane Bennett and also Charlotte, mm, who yes. it's it's a very nice, like, I think whether it was intentional or not, uh, as someone who has read and watched a lot of Jane Austen adaptations and read all of the books, I really liked sort of, I could see how they could draw on certain things from Charlotte's character that really would work for Howie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think too, I mean, Austin is so, I mean, her female relationships are so famous. 
Uh, yeah. That it's, it's almost hard to not be influenced by them when you're kind of working on a piece like this. And so I definitely, definitely agree. And I see that for sure. So while Noah is snooping through Charlie's things, he hears the infamous conversation between Will and Charlie, uh, very reminiscent of pretty much all at Jane Austen uh, Pride and Prejudice adaptations to this point, where Will admits that Noah is, I think he said, not attractive enough to be annoying. Yeah, he's that's not attractive enough to be that annoying or something. To be that annoying, yeah. And it's just like, oof. It's like, what? And But that is like the moment, you know, in, in many adaptations of Pride and Prejudice, that's the moment where... Elizabeth forms these opinions about Darcy. Yeah, and I mean, it really... He didn't like Will to begin with, and now he's like, well, fuck this dude. Right, exactly. So the party... (laughs) The party kind of devolves a little bit um, in terms of the friend group. I think Lou is puking (laughs) in, in like, a vase or something. And so Noah and Aaron and Keegan and Max, they all kind of basically leave. And they leave, let Howie stay. Yes. Which is, again, very reminiscent of the scene when Jane goes to Netherfield and ends up having to stay at Netherfield because she has gotten ill from being in the rain. Um, and it's very much the same sort of like, I, I really like it because in the, in the original, uh, you know, Elizabeth comes to check on her sister and in this one, Noah comes to check on Howie. And it's just like, there's just these like little tiny throwbacks that if you had never seen a Jane Austen movie, you would still deeply enjoy Fire Island. You really would. But if you've seen a Jane Austen movie or you've read a Jane Austen book, it's, it almost feels like a little secret that yeah. that Kim Booster has thrown into the film for you. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I gotta be honest, like, you know, Bone Yang does these really kind of grandiose, obnoxious characters really well. Like, this dude is so fucking funny. But in this movie, he plays those, like, softer moments really well and so when Noah finds Howie in the bathtub and asks him about his night and like what happened and yada 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 I mean Bowen Yang is just so cute like you can see like how excited he is they stayed up all night talking and then Charlie like took care of him and slept on the bathroom floor to like make sure that he was okay like that's fucking romance that was so beautiful so sweet i just so good and he like didn't he just like and he had some like silly joke to say about it you know what i mean like he just he didn't and the only two people laughing are charlie and howie which is how you know that they like each other right exactly but it's interesting too because it immediately follows this like really terse interaction between noah and will in the kitchen with the water bottle yes which i loved so much it's it's like no matter what will does noah's gonna have a problem with it and noah doesn't 
really know how to respond to it. It's it's so interesting. And then Will just like doubles down and like throws the water bottle into the garbage because they were fighting about you know how like you can drink the water on Fire Island. You don't have to you don't have to you know use plastic water bottles or whatever. And then Will's like, yeah, I know, and he throws it in the pla- he throws the plastic in the garbage, and then. <laughs> Noah like stomps away and then Will immediately opens the garbage and takes the glass bottle out and puts it in like recycling. <laughs> I just loved it so much. It's so funny. It's so good. And I mean, I think the chemistry between Joel Kim Booster and Conrad Okamura is like palpable. It's really, really good. And so even in the moments where they're like yeah. with each other, I'm like, just kiss. I know, I know. Like you just- already. Please just guess. <laughs> so, um, they invite Charlie back to Aaron's house as a thank you for taking care of Howie the night before. Yes, which ends up being all of Charlie's friends too being invited back to Aaron's house. Right, right. Um, but. Before that happens, they are, I guess, sort of like in the, no, they go grocery shopping. No, no, no. Yeah. They go to the uh, pantry. Fire they go to the pantry at Fire Island and Aaron is like, oh my God, I can't throw a party, but like, here, go get all these things and I'll definitely throw a party. Yeah. So- <laughs> and she's like, please damage as many, like buy as many damaged things as possible so that we can afford to make like a nice dinner. Right. And that at the pantry is where Noah meets Dex, a.k.a. Dex. Wickham. Dun, dun, and dun. Like, let me tell you, when we talk about hot Wickhams, what a good job. Okay, so Zane Phillips, who plays Dex in this movie, when he has a mustache, <laughs> this man... Looks so much like Henry Cavill in the Mission Impossible movie that there are moments in certain scenes of this movie that perhaps the lighting is low. I'm like, is that Henry Cavill? <laughs> is my brain doing this thing? Because, ooh, man, he is a gorgeous human being. He's so beautiful. But I'm telling you, like, with a mustache, he looks extremely like when henry cavill wears a mustache i'm just telling you i'm just saying it putting it out there yeah i could see it i could see it little little mission impossible levels Uh, of mustache exactly exactly and uh, he was just you know it was a lot but it was good in a good way it was a lot and i liked it and it's at this point in the movie too where i'm trying to figure out what the issue is going to be you know because i've been impressed thus far mm. with the way that kim yeah. Mister sort of like adapted all of the kind of beats yeah. of the book and so when we meet dex and there's that interaction where they're like leaving the rush uh the pantry and they see uh will and charlie on the i mean maybe they're at a restaurant or whatever and you see the interaction between will and dex yeah. Like, did they date? Like, is that going to be what their backstory is? Like, what? Which I I was almost like a little, I was like kind of disappointed if that, because I thought that's what they were 
that I kind of felt like that's what they were going for. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. Like, so I don't, I don't like that. That's where I was sort of like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, I, the, again, the chemistry between Noah and Dex, it works. It works really well. It really does. So after that, oh, this is one of my favorite parts. So they, um, Charlie and Will and Cooper arrive at Aaron's house. And there is this scene where Noah and Will are talking about Noah reading an Alice Monroe book. Yes. Oh, the Can Alice just, Monroe okay. moment was so good. I was so excited. So, uh, for those of you who have been listening for a while, um, I am a big Alice Monroe fan. Um, I almost bought her house uh, several <laughs> months ago. Uh, and I'm not even joking. We actually went to go see um, her house uh, in one of the smaller towns near us. Um, and it was a beautiful, like, um, I think it was like 1870, uh, is when the house is, was built and it was beautiful, like absolutely gorgeous. Um, obviously we didn't end up buying it, but <laughs> I like to say that I almost bought Alice Monroe's house. Uh, I was so, yeah, I just loved that they used the, like they used Alice Monroe and they were talking about one of her short stories, which I I also love that short story. So I was like, I just, and she's Canadian. And I was just like, I love everything about this moment. <laughs> I know. I, I love that that's where they went. And like, that's the author that they chose. I mean, it was so good. And I think what I love the most is like, you know, in any good sort of like enemies to lovers romance, the sort of like quiet allyship between them is kind of my favorite stepping stone of like mm -hmm. the story the fact that they can both sort of settle down for a second and recognize what they have in common and just like that scene where we'll sort of just like quietly flipping through the pages and like reading you know and Noah's watching him I'm like <laughs> it's, it's romance I know yeah and the whole conversation between them is so good so I mean, he's kind of like Noah egging him on at first and yeah. then Will throwing out this question that totally takes Noah by surprise and oh, it was just it's such a very good moment and one of the very one of the first moments we really get to see them together mm -hmm. and and you're just like oh this could work <laughs> yeah yeah you sort of start to see that there's a dynamic there that could be you know nice between them yeah exactly uh so the dinner goes well it actually gets a little emotional when Aaron mentions that it's going to be their last summer on the island mm -hmm. and Noah's character gets a little upset and I think it's another kind of moment for Will to see that there's a different kind of side to him and it also sort of like like there's Dex is still there and he's trying to be like very supportive and like they're adding to that tension. Mm -hmm. Um it's a really good dinner scene between them yeah. all and it's like a really sweet sweet moment. Yeah, no, it really it was really good. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think if that's just the way the night ends and then it's the next day. I think so, it is. because No, it is because then they talk about how they gave them time in his their room. That's what it is. Remember? And the puzzle? Yes. Okay. So then next scene is, exa- is the next morning. Like right away they've skipped to the next morning. Yeah. And everyone is quit if the friend group is quizzing Howie on like what happened. Did you guys hook up? You know, um, they were talking about how they gave they gave Howie twenty seven minutes uh, to, in the room with Charlie by himself, and they're like, "Well, how much more time did you need? That's a whole episode of Chopped." You know, like <laughs> that. I thought that was so great. And he's like, "Oh God, they're probably doing a puzzle," and it's like they were doing a puzzle for a little bit, but then they were like chatting and talking, and then. Like they both really, really like each other, and and then they do end up kissing. Yes, that's the big thing is they have their very first kiss. Yes, um, and it's so good. I I think what we forgot to mention was the um the game before dinner with the oh his, yes I forgot about that part yes the Marissa Tomei scene. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, yes. You can't get Marissa Tomei, but you can get Alicia Vikander. Oh, yeah. It was so good. It's so, so funny. funny. But it's really, it's one of those things that it's, it's one of those moments that unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, because the movie would be over too quick, but that Noah, again, uses almost against Will mm-hmm. in, in sort of coming to these sort of conclusions about Will that he believes. Whether, yeah. obviously we know at the end of the, that are not true, but, you know, he, um, that's what he, you know, it just further cements what Noah sort of believes about Will, which I found was interesting. Yeah, I really, really loved that whole interaction. So after they sort of have their, like, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of Greece in the like, tell me more, tell me more scene. Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. And that's what that mm-hmm. feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're at the beach and like, that's where they're having their conversation. Um, and I will, I do want to like call out the cinematography of the movie. They're such a, like they make Fire Island look so gorgeous mm-hmm. and like shiny and pretty and beautiful and the like scene where they're like on the beach talking it's just so, so pretty it makes me want summer so I badly know. oh I know it's so good so in the like fire island tradition the next day as they're like finishing up their kind of recap of the night before that mm-hmm. night is the underwear party where everyone goes in their cute little underwear to this party. And there's this really funny scene where they're all, like, pulling drugs out of, like, various places and, like, collecting them on the table to see what they have available to them. So hilarious. And it is so funny. Like, so, so, so funny. Um, especially the one where, like, they pull out a pill and he doesn't, he, like, found it on the floor somewhere and, like, doesn't really actually know what it is, but, like, it could be this and, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, it's so good. And I, I think, too, one of the, you know, body image and that insecurity is obviously a big part of this film. And so the underwear party is 
kind of great because, you know, we have a group of men who, like, they all kind of look a little different and they all feel comfortable in different ways. And, you know, for them to kind of all get ready and go and, like, do their drug of choice and, like, mm-hmm. feel good about themselves, it's a really mm-hmm. good scene. Yeah, it is good. And the whole the whole party is so – the whole, like, underwear party is so – so good yeah i mean hello <laughs> also i just need to point out that this is the first rom-com in i don't know how many that had actual sex in the movie <laughs> i know yeah i think um one of the greatest parts about this movie is how sexy it is so sexy like there is just an incredible amount of like sexual chemistry happening and and Mm -hmm. then actual sex and like it's just mm, yeah it was great it was it felt so real yeah it didn't feel like it had been scrubbed or sanitized to make it more palatable for people to enjoy yeah exactly it sort of shows you the reality of what's happening and doesn't shy away from it and I love that uh, and what I really love about these party scenes is that they feel really realistic in the sense that, like, you're having these, like, heartfelt moments with your friends while you're a little drunk, and you're losing your friends in the crowd, and you have, like, no yeah. idea what's going on, and, like, it's it's just sort of, like, I don't know, every scene between Howie and Noah, where they're, like, holding hands, and, like, Mm-hmm. Doing their little finger touch thing and like mm-hmm. sticking close to each other and being each other's wingmans, like the whole it's so good. Because at this point, too, Howie thinks he sees a vibe between Noah and Will, and he's sort of pushing it a little bit. He's like, oh, Right, I'm gonna leave you two alone and I'm gonna go find <laughs> Charlie. Right, exactly. Yeah, and and so Will and Noah have this kind of like Will has no vibes (laughs) (laughs) so like they're they're on the dance floor but like will is doesn't have moves he just doesn't he barely has rhythm and so but they are so uncomfortable it makes me laugh (laughs) right um but they are dancing sort of together and then there's this moment where noah puts his hand on will's shoulder and it is like intense and you think that like maybe will is actually gonna kiss him and it is like you're like do it do it do it do it do it do it uh and then cooper interrupts and you're just like god damn it cooper yeah cooper (laughs) i you know you have to hand it to him he's so funny he's so good at playing this sort of like really sharp douchebag character and yes. I was wondering when this sort of scene was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the interaction with them in the bathroom is so interesting that like, oh, well, Charlie brought Will here for me. And like, I'm going to mm-hmm. hook up with Will. And I saw you guys getting close, but like, that's not going to happen. And like, you know, for Noah, he's like, well, yeah, I don't, I wasn't really thinking about that. But now that you said that, well, then what's wrong with me? And Noah and you know it's this yeah yeah and also um uh Cooper makes this kind of like kind of like 
pretty like racialized statement about how he needs he wants to be with a guy like Will. Um, and while he says it's because he's rich, like it's obviously not what he is referring to. Well, and even if it is, it's like just a tiny part of it, and there's like definitely yeah. a really great kind of conversation about fetishization. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think it's a really kind of great thread to weave through the entire um, yeah and and one of the other things is that he says that he needs a boyfriend because he's moving to LA and he needs a starter boyfriend yeah woof it's like come on come on but so gross Noah is saved by Dex in that moment yes Uh, and we get sort of this this like you know Noah has done his best for Howie and now he wants to have fun too and so Mm -hmm. him and Dex go into this like back room and they start to hook up yeah and this is where where we actually see people having sex on screen and I was like yes finally god (laughs) thank you and that's just a thank you to like all of the director and the producers and everyone who just like Gave us a touch of realism in 2022. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's also fun too because Noah and Dex obviously have this chemistry and they're hooking up with each other. But Luke, who like doesn't want to be considered like not the hottest one in the group, is also looking for Dex at the same right. time. And it sort of gives you an idea of maybe how the Wickham and Lydia relationship is going to play out yes exactly and when noah is sort of like him and dex are kind of getting a little little bit more you know into their hookup he kind of looks over his eyes just sort of like glaze over to the doorway and he sees will staring at him and it's just like uh hello and i guess like what I don't know. I was like, oh my God, did he, was he looking for Noah in the back room like that? Like it mm-hmm. it was sort of a funny moment where I was like, damn. Okay. Okay. Will just, you know, getting your, your peak on a little bit. Yeah. But I think really, I think, and we find out a little bit later, he was looking for Noah to warn him obviously about Dex and that he is not, and he does find uh, Noah later in the crowd and he tells him, you know, that Dex is not a good guy and, you know, um, whatever Dex said about Will is is not, it's not accurate either. Well, and I think he was also, it's like he wants to warn him about Dex and also that Charlie's ex-boyfriend has yes. suddenly arrived. Yeah. Yeah. So we see Charlie on stage basically with his ex boyfriend um, dancing, and then they start making out, and it's just like, oh no, where's Howie? We have to find Howie. You know, we have to make sure he's okay. And Howie is not okay, but he's on Molly, so he's okay. Like, they're looking for how he's on, on Molly. Max comes and finds Noah, and he's on ketamine, so he's also freaking out. 
Yeah. It's like such a clusterfuck of so much stuff happening. Yes. That Noah has like no idea what to do with himself. <laughs> right. And and then he kind of ends up just like basically abandoning all his friends and passing out in a lawn chair uh, by the pool. Yeah. But, but, but before that, there is a very amazing scene between Will and Noah as they are headed to this party that Noah's friends apparently abandoned him for. They are, and so him and Will are, like, walking through, I don't like, the forest. Oh, which I yeah. guess because there's like, no, there's no roads, really, right? Yeah, and people island. don't really drive. So it's, yeah. like, they're all a bunch of pathways through the beach connecting, like, all of the um, clubs and bars and restaurants. Right. So they are, they're kind of like walking through this and they're not really getting along. They're kind of just like, you know, he's, Noah is, um, you know, mad at Will about the whole um, Charlie's ex-boyfriend Reese showing up. And so then they end up, and this is like one of my favorite things that happens in romance novels, in, in romance movies, is the two characters are like screaming at each other in the rain. <laughs> I just. It's one of my favorite micro tropes arguing in the rain oh it's so good and then you like think that and then all of a sudden they're like fighting they're like honestly yelling at each other and then noah like trips and like falls into the mud and will just like yanks him out of the mud like what he just like physically like pulls him right out into his arms and your he is like going to kiss him and noah is like what the fuck you hate me why Will, are you trying to kiss me? Will keeps moving. Like, he leans right into those moments. Oh, my God. Because he just wants it so badly. And Noah is kind of like the cognizant one to being like, no, 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 no. We don't like each other. Right? right we don't right. like each other. Or right. Maybe, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, and then he takes off. And that's when he basically just shows up uh, to Aaron's house and just passes out on a lawn chair. Yeah. It's. It's good, man. It's a whole, like, just string of crazy. (laughs) But to call back to the original sort of, like, dude that Noah meets at the bar who definitely has an Asian fetish. (gasps) When Noah finally gets to that party, he finds Howie having this conversation on the staircase, and it is with that guy. Yes. And Noah's like, not that guy, definitely not get that guy. And Howie's like, fuck you, I can fuck whoever I want. Like, Mm -hmm. it's the, just like the running sort of gags in this movie are so good. So, so good. Is that guy Mr. Collins? (laughs) It is, right? Yeah, I would definitely it's say it's Mr. Collins. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally Mr. Oh Collins. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's spot that's on. what it is. Yeah. So anyway, because Charlotte ends up with ends up with Mr. Collins, but um, yes. yeah, he is totally Mr. Collins. Oh my god, I cannot believe I didn't realize that until just now. Oh my god, that's so great. That is so great. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh my god. I'm telling you, like, there's... It's so obvious that Joel Kim Booster has such an affection for the original work. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. such a respect there for the 
content that um, it just makes this whole thing so much more fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he Noah wakes up and I think it's like Max, Keegan, and Aaron are like yelling at him to wake up basically. Yes, because Luke is missing. And Howie did not come home. Yes. Yeah, and they cannot find Luke. And Will has written Noah a letter and dropped it off. Yes. Which, again, because Noah's phone doesn't work, this is the only way that Will can get in contact with him. But also, like, what an amazing callback to to the letter that Darcy writes Elizabeth. Like, it's so good. Kim Booster is a genius. It's so, so, so good. And I love that (laughs) Keegan might be one of my favorite characters he's some of the best lines in the entire movie he's like just tell us what's in it we're so bored girl like just let us know (laughs) I know I know uh he has like strong Cardi B energy and I really love it (laughs) uh at the premiere he wore this like gorgeous custom red and metallic suit with a matching Ooh. manicure and he was wearing Amazing. like six inch heels and I wanted to die. It was so beautiful. That's awesome. I love that. I love that so much. So Noah takes a letter and he basically finds out about Dax that Dax had hurt someone who was close to Will and that he basically just apologizes for everything for what he said that very first night um and for everything after and he really wants them to be friends yeah and so noah is sort of like i don't know what to do with this and he like (laughs) yeah goes back out and at the same time howie comes back home and howie is like kind of just still in a rough place now he's he's sober and he's sort of realizing that this guy that he really liked is like, you know, with this suddenly back together with his ex fiance or boyfriend yeah. or whatever. And yeah. and he really sort of let himself believe in the romance of it. And so now he's dealing with that sort of heartbreak and he's definitely taking that out a little bit on Noah. And, you know, Noah sort of walked into it. So, you know, it's this it's definitely this interesting tension between Noah and Howie because they have such a deep connection. They're so close. They're like BFFs. Right. But Noah definitely overstepped his boundaries a little bit mm-hmm. with Howie. And, you know, you have to wonder like how their relationship is going to, you know, recover from that. Yeah. And, and Howie is just very much like, I am not you. Yeah. I am not you. I'm never going to be you. Stop making me try to be you and stop making me feel bad for being me. Yeah. Which is like so heartbreaking in terms of like friendships and, but so true. And I really, I appreciated that they went there with the two characters. I agree. And it also leads us into one of my other favorite recurring gags is that Will loves eating vanilla soft serve on these tiny cones. And he keeps throwing them whenever Noah oh my God. sees him. And okay. It's, ah, ah, it's so stupid and this, so funny. 
this whole scene when he like throws the ice cream and just takes off running like what is <laughs> you are a grown man sir you are a lawyer like what are you doing oh my god it is and- so funny and so adorable and i just i love it so much and then there's this awkward and absolute cringeworthy drag breakfast yes where will goes into a dance-off to mostly impress noah it's so cute and so we get a really good cameo from peppermint here who's playing the drag queen at the drag brunch and she's just fucking delightful so Um, delightful but you know will is trying to convince noah that he's actually pretty cool and right. like fun and Noah's like okay prove it get up on stage yeah. for this dance off and show me what you got right exactly and it is horrible <laughs> it's, it's so, so bad like when I said he had no rhythm guys woo! we didn't even know the extent to which he was a truly terrible dancer <laughs> It's so good. It really, but it's so cute. And like, finally, you know, having him loosen up a little bit and making Noah laugh. Like, it's, mm, ah, chef's kiss. Beautiful. Perfect. Yeah, it was so good. So, Especially so, because so good. Conrad Moore just is like staring at him intently as they're, as he's doing these moves. Oh like, God. see, I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing the running man, but I'm cool. No fucking chill. (laughs) Oh my god, truly. Uh, And then we are treated to this, like, amazing, delightful montage. Yes. Of them just enjoying each other's company on the beach, reading their books, going for a dip in the water. It is just, it is so nice. It's really sweet. I mean, it's it's just like you get to see that there's parts of Noah that don't have to all like be all about this like I'm too cool for school like hookup vibe. Like he can just chill on a beach and read with another hot guy and right, <laughs> exactly. Can just be that. And it's nice because for someone who talks a lot about hooking up and just having sex and, like, whatever, he takes his first possible chance of being alone with Will by bonding with him on a beach and talking about their favorite books and, like, going swimming. (laughs) It's, like, very sweet. Yeah, exactly. So it's, like, uh, is that actually something you want or are you just saying it? Because, like, like Will had said, you just – you – you you're already setting yourself up to be disappointed so that when you are disappointed you're not disappointed which makes no sense but it makes perfect sense do you know what I mean yeah exactly uh so following their little beach hangout we get to uh Monday afternoon's karaoke hangout and the you know the group is back together again Luke has come back and everyone is dying to know what he was up to last night and he's not telling anybody yeah, he does eventually admit that he was with a guy. Yes, but, but he that won't was tell it. them who. Yeah. Um, 
But at this point, like, we're pretty sure we know who the culprit is. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Jane Austen fans have an idea of where this is going. Right, Um, exactly. But until then, we also have Howie, who's, like, sort of, you know, still in mourning over Charlie and... Mm-hmm. Keegan and Luke drag him on stage for apparently what is tradition, and they do this incredible Britney Spears cover to Sometimes. It's so good. Uh, it's Bowie so Yang, good. do you want to be on Broadway? Like, you're such a, like, this was so cute and so good. I know. It was and so it's good. also like, okay, so Charlie shows up. With his, his ex-turned-new partner and mm-hmm. Cooper. And it's, like, out of every sort of, like, romance fantasy where you're, like, being this amazing badass on stage performing and the guy that, like, broke your heart is, like, pining over you. I mean, I was yes. living. It was living. so good. And again. I know. James Scully does this, like, puppy dog desire so good. I just can't believe that it's 40. <laughs> I'm never going to get over it, guys. I'm never going to get over it. He's a heartthrob. He's so good. He is. He's so, so, so good. And he's so emotional. And he's so... That, that should have been my first clue. Um, And he's so good. So the karaoke ends. And so after this moment... Erin gets this video sent to her on her phone, right? So after they kind of finish their performance, she -hmm. gets this video and she shows Noah and it's Luke and Dex Mm -hmm. having sex. And Luke does not seem 100% conscious. Luke does not seem sober. He does not seem like he could fully consent. And also he definitely didn't know that he was being recorded. And Mm -hmm. so this is where we get the sort of Lydia Wickham moment. And I got to be honest with you, I was not expecting it to take such a dark turn. I kind of thought that like, if this was what it was, if Dex was doing like revenge porn and selling it on his OnlyFans, then Mm -hmm. like, I kind of wish Will would have said something a little bit more vague than Dex is not a good person. But... Right. But I'm not sure that he was. I think what Will was hinting at whoever Dex had hurt in the past is just that I think he says it in one spot afterwards when, after they confront Dex um, is that that Dex was not a huge fan of enthusiastic consent. So it seemed to me like the issue was more around consent than it was around the videotaping, the revenge port. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which I mean, though consent would cover that too. So of course, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it, there is this really great moment because obviously Noah is like guns blazing. I'm going to kill him. And mm-hmm. when he bumps into Will in the staircase and he shows Will, Will says the exact same thing. Like I'm going to. Oh, it's so good. I know. And it was so like good. that's my line. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So good because they're going scorched earth together to find Dex. And it's yes. this like incredible team up between them. Oh my god. When when Will turns on Hot Lawyer Daddy, <laughs> I was like, all 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 bets are off. All bets are off. It was so good. 
It was so good. And again, like when we go back to the moment where they were sort of having that Alice Monroe conversation, the moment where they're like on the beach hanging out, this moment where they're teaming up together without really any plan and you can see how perfectly in sync they are. Exactly. It's, it's again, that sort of like enemies to allies to lovers thing. And it is. Yes. So delicious. Yeah. And actually, I just, it's funny you say that because I just saw a tweet the other day talking about how there, there's not enough in enemies to lovers. There's not enough of that in between between them going from enemies to lovers there's not enough of that sort of them seeing each other be become allies yeah and it's definitely they do it perfectly here it's so good it's so 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 good yes Um, and so and that is when after they make dex delete the video off of his phone with like basically will kind of you know exaggerates a little bit the extent with which dex could get in trouble with the law um but he does delete the video and everything um they're walking back and you know he kind of um that's when he tells noah that this had kind of happened in some form uh in some some sort of way to a friend of his and you know he noah was like yeah well He's like, I don't know about L.A. He's like, but we talk in New York City. (laughs) I loved that part when he was like, yeah, he's not going to get away with too much this time. Yeah, so good. Okay, Mm -hmm. so after that, right, Noah goes back to the the bar area for karaoke and uh, Luke is is sort of telling this story about Dex's downfall as if he was the one that did it, which I yes loved. So and cute. Howie and Luke, uh, Howie and uh, Noah are talking about it, and Noah's like, yeah, I'll let him have this. Like, he needs it. Um, and we have this brief moment where they're sort of talking about Charlie and how Noah's trying to apologize, and Howie's like, yeah, well, it just wasn't meant for me anyway. You know, like, it's tough because he's still stuck on this idea that he doesn't deserve it. It's not mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just like, you know, taking his friend's apology for what it is. Mm-hmm. And this is when we meet Charlie's new boyfriend. Ooh. And boy, does he suck. Like, yeah, he's not great. He is not great. And I think there is one criticism about the movie that I do sort of agree with in the sense that like it's a comedy and so a lot of this should kind of be taken at face value but Charlie has a lot of really shitty friends <laughs> like, a lot of shitty friends Will is probably his only friend who's like a good person Cooper is this like classist asshole and his boyfriend whose name I cannot remember nor does it need to be remembered is definitely mm. racist uh, super and super it's sort racist. of like when you hang out with these people what does that say about you you know and yeah so, i mean he's he is like the white love interest and i think it's actually a really accurate portrayal that you know white men tend to have and white women like you know we're not yeah all, oh you no know, we're but... all guilty of, of kind of having these people in our lives that might be shitty people 
<laughs> yeah, no, you know? I 100%. Absolutely. It is an interesting thing to see. And I think, you know, obviously, Charlie does tend to get it towards the end, but it takes him a while to get there. And I think that is a little frustrating. Yeah. And I think, you know, and the other thing that now that you mention it, there is a moment right at the very beginning. Um, uh, actually, that night when Noah overhears, um, when Noah overhears Will say that he, you know he's not pretty enough to be anno- that annoying or something, um, he Charlie does say something about how he wanted Will to be there because he needed a real friend. Yeah. Um, and it's just like okay, so but okay, if if Will is your real friend. Like, why, why are you hanging out with all of these other guys? Like, what? Like, yeah. it doesn't, it's a little bit weird. Well, and it, it does sort of speak to uh, this, like, party culture in the queer mm-hmm. community of, like, you know, all of the things, the things that bind you together. And, yeah, I think it's a, a really good, honest portrayal of what white queer groups can look like especially if they don't have anyone else in their group that does you know that doesn't look like them and how yep, easy it absolutely. is to sort of be stuck in this privileged mm-hmm. bubble yeah no for sure i agree after they leave though yes keegan drags luke by the arm to like thank noah for taking care of dex and i again Keegan is such a fucking highlight. I love him so much. He's so good. Uh, And I love this scene. I think it's so fun. Yeah, no, it is really good. And he's just like, should we hug? And Noah's like, no. And he's like, yeah, let's hug. (laughs) I love that part. Well, because it's Uh, such a like, you know, like with your siblings, you're going to fight and you're going to scream at each other, but you're going to love each other too. And so I love that this dynamic doesn't change because of everything that yes. happened. Like they still yeah. are ride or die a family for each other. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Then, and that's so nice to see. And just to see that it's just this through line for the whole movie. Yeah. And Noah reiterates like you, this is family and you're all I have. Like this, is, yes. you know, so this is really meaningful to me. And that's what Drew does, even though he doesn't expressly talk about his family, his biological family. Mm-hmm. This is sort of an explainer of like, you know, this is yeah. this, this his family. Yeah, exactly. So the next morning, mm-hmm. Noah wakes up to Howie packing. Yes, poor Howie. He's just decided that he's going to leave a day early. He just can't handle seeing Charlie and his ex now new boyfriend um just be in you know they keep running into each other and he just he just doesn't want to see that anymore it's he fell for it he fell he fell for the he fell for the feelings basically um you know and he just he just doesn't want he doesn't want to do it anymore yeah and noah's you know really trying hard like you can't end your vacation for just this one guy and like monogamy was invented by straight people and and how he's like, dude, I need you to cut the shit and just listen to me because, like, mm-hmm. our experiences are different and you're not quite getting that. It's yeah. harder for me than it is for you. And, like, whatever you want, I yeah. want the real deal. I want the love and I want the courting and I want yeah. all of the vulnerability that comes with falling in love with someone. Yeah, and he does He does say to Noah, you know, you know, he talks about how Noah doesn't want to be vulnerable to people, and he's just like, I wonder how, how that's really working out for you. Yeah, it's 
Oh my God. It's so good. And again, the friend chemistry between Joel Kim Booster and Bowen Yang is, is brutal. It's so good. And Bowen mm-hmm. and Joel do a really, really good job of selling these like emotional moments. And it's like, yeah, it's beautiful. And I cried. <laughs> I know. It's I was like so sitting good. in the theater, like using yeah. my mask to like dab my eyes. I was like, oh, right. No. Oh, no, I wasn't right. expecting this. I know, I know. And he tells him, you know, please don't tell Charlie. Don't tell Charlie that I'm leaving. You know, like, I don't want to do this. I I need to go. Yeah, and the best thing is literally the next scene. <laughs> the next scene, Noah is walking through Charlie's house being like, Charlie, Charlie, we need to talk. Oh, yeah, and then here comes Brayden being like, sorry, who are you again? Because he cannot understand. Like, he just... I don't he's just like the stupidest person and like <laughs> I just think it talks to this like stereotype that is very legitimate that yeah. that white people like don't they just like he just keeps seeing him as like a random Asian person and it's the same person it's like dude it's the same guy every time I know I know which I just thought it was great like it's so it's such a like it says so much without Having to actually say anything, it just says so much. Yeah. And I love, I love that, like, when Noah finds Charlie and Charlie asks what's going on, Noah, like, totally reads him. He's like, I get it. You're this, like, great, nice guy, yada, yada, yada. But, like, you're fucking up something really good with my friend. And, like, I don't understand. I don't get it. And... One of the little reasons um, that Charlie gets back together with his ex is that his ex was just diagnosed with, like, Lyme disease. (laughs) What a weird, like, strange excuse. It's so, it's so silly. And, like, Charlie's a doctor. He should know better. But, um, (sighs) Charlie looks miserable. Like, you can tell he's not happy. He wants to be with Howie. And... Mm -hmm. His, like, stupid, shitty boyfriend comes walking out and Cooper comes walking out. And this is sort of, like, the last straw for Charlie because they're... the worst. It's like they've said one too many shitty things uh, about Howie and Noah and even Will because Will is not mm-hmm. immune to the sort of, like, yeah. microaggressions that these boys are throwing out. Yeah. Um, and so it is a really kind of interesting scene for Charlie to finally be like. I mean, it is good. It's like, ugh, why do we have to go through all this to get here? But, um, but yeah, it is. It is really, really good. It's um, good. And I want to low key shout out the Amy Schumer jokes in this. <laughs> yes, because Amy Schumer is not funny, <laughs> and a lot of her stand up fetishizes men of color. And she said some really dumb, shitty things. And I love that the white men in the movie keep calling out Amy Schumer's stand-up as, like, something to be funny. And all of the men are like, fucking shut up. I cannot. I know. It's no. so great. I know. It's so great. So great. Oh, yeah. I seriously just like Amy Schumer. I don't think she's funny at all. But whatever it is that he says to Charlie doesn't quite connect fast enough. And mm-hmm. the group send Howie off on the yeah. fair. On the fair, um, yeah. Away from Fire Island. Yes. 
And it's so sad. And um, Howie's just like sitting on the ferry and he's like looking out on the water and he's crying and I'm crying and everyone's crying. And it was just so heartbreaking. And it's so great <laughs> when you see blurry in the background Charlie and Will running after the I know. and I just love that Will's there I know because again it's like the moment where where Darcy is coaching Bingley through the proposal yes exactly so just this great show of friendship between them and yeah. I adore it and also, you know, when when Noah tells Charlie, he's like, you're like, you're gonna have to do something really big and really dumb, like, you know. And then and then Will is like, okay, uh, if you have an idea, and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm doing something really stupid and really yeah. big. And it was like, oh my god, that's your grand gesture too, Noah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like that's it's like Will knows that. It's like his grand gesture for Noah has to be, has to help Charlie do this grand gesture for Howie. And it's just so good. And I, I love, cause I'm like sort of reminding myself of the scene right now that when they, they arrive, when Charlie and Will arrive, Noah's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And then he looks at Will and goes, hi. I know. I love that part. That was so great. It like, was so, it's, you know, so, 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 so good. The love is there. The, the, the affection is there. And I think that's yeah. such a good little moment. Yes. Oh, and then we have like this amazing scene between Howie and Charlie um, right at the ferry dock after they've stolen a taxi, a water taxi. And like basically met Howie as he is like debarking from that's the right word right yeah 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 okay yeah I think yeah no now you're making me second guess it I know I'm like what (laughs) deboarding no I think it's anyway disembarking disembarking disembark no I don't when he gets off the ferry (laughs) Charlie is there and He's trying to, like, convince Howie that, like, he was wrong and he made a mistake and he wants to be with Howie. And, like, Noah and Will are, like, yelling at him to, like, make a big gesture. And he's like, I love you! And Howie's like, come on. And he's like, oh, no, too soon, too soon, too (laughs) soon, too soon. soon." I mean, I genuinely love that they stole a water taxi with, like, people still on it. Like, the the whole thing is so funny. And it's covered in pride flags. And they're, like, screaming his name. It's so great. It's so, so, so great. It is so funny. I mean, again... I just like super props to James Scully for being so like he's like a button. He's as cute as a fucking button in this movie and I know. And what he says to Howie at the end is where he just wants he's like, I just want you to know how fucking incredible I think you are. Like oh. It's like right up there with Anthony Bridgerton, okay guys. It's so good. It's I just <sighs> love declarations of love so much. I know, me too. Um yeah, and then we have like this amazing little scene between Will and Noah, and they're like, 
dancing on the dock and it's just so romantic. Yeah, and I think what I love the most about that is, like, obviously we have our big happily ever after for Howie and Charlie and Mm -hmm. Will and Noah are sitting next to each other on the dock and they're sort of just talking about, like, what they want. And Mm -hmm. it's not your typical ending conversation. Like, it's not like, I want to get married and have babies and live in a house with a white picket fence. It's like, yeah, they're like, well, we don't really know how we feel about monogamy, but we kind of just still want someone to grow old with. And like, mm-hmm. it's a real conversation and it's a little contradictory, but that's real life, right? Like you might not really know what you want a hundred percent, but you know, kind of how you'd want to end up. Like it's, yeah. And it's, great. to be honest, it's, it's just as valid of a happily ever. It's a happily for now. And yeah. that's just as valid. And and I think it's it's modern and it's it's not the same old thing we're seeing over and over and over again. Well, and and I, I, it's so good. Yeah. And I like that I think it's consistent to Noah's character where, you know, like Noah yeah. started off this movie as sort of like maybe hiding behind his his hookups. But yeah, also sure. maybe recognizing that, like, there might be more that he wants, but also mm-hmm. he's okay with keeping things a certain way, too. Like, I I don't yeah. know. To me, it felt like it was consistent with who he was, and he didn't, like, suddenly out of nowhere want to get married and, like, do all of this, you know, heteronormative stuff. So Right. Um, yeah, it was nice that they kind of, they didn't, I'm glad they didn't go that route. Like, I'm glad that the, I'm glad that the, sc- the script and the screenplay didn't like change their minds like it was yeah. it wasn't like howie and charlie's happily ever after changed their minds and like made them need to have that exact same thing they yeah. can still have what they want with each other just in a different way yeah. yeah and you know i love that it ends with everyone kind of rushing them on the dock for the sunset and them all kind of dancing and celebrating together Oh, so good. So good. Such a great movie. So highly, highly, highly recommend. I love it. I feel like it's going to be a new staple, like, in my my repertoire with, like, Dirty Dancing and League of Their Own and Fire Island. Yes. Like, I think that, you know, like, the Birdcage. Right, exactly. First Wives Club. Like, those, like, really good, happy movies that just make you, like, blissed out. That's it. Absolutely. I totally agree. Gosh. Oh my god. We just talked about that for an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> Amazing. So That's good. Incredible. Well worth it. I know. So Daria, is there anything else that you can't stop thinking about right now? Um, yes, but I'm going to try and keep it spoiler free because I know you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I know. But I'm sadly behind. I did bully my husband into binging part one of Stranger Things in like two days. Which I find is like a feat because I know he does not yeah. like to binge things. No, he does not. If he had it his way, we'd watch one episode a week until July 1st to sort of just really stretch it out. Uh, but I cannot function that way. I eat a bag of popcorn in a sitting. So it was fun. I actually think this is the best season since season one. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I think some of the characters they introduced were great. Uh, I'm into it. I'm really into it. I'm excited to see. Was there a lot of new characters or no? <sighs> yeah, there were. Uh, yeah. That's it's one of the things that the Duffer brothers maybe do too much is they add in too many characters each season. Mm. But one of them 
one of them is well worth it, I will say. Okay. But I'm not going to tell you because I want to mm. see how you feel when you watch it. Okay. Because I don't want to influence you. But Look, as long as I still get a good, healthy dose of Steve Harrington, that man. I would be happy. That boy. <laughs> that 30-year-old man playing a 19-year-old. 30-year-old man boy. I love you, Joe Keery. You are a delight. But he brings it this season. He is at his steepiest. Awesome. That is for sure. Oh, God. I love it. I can't wait. It's so good. Yeah. I... I've been super happy with it. I cannot believe that Kate Bush got her first number one on the Billboard what top one hundred. The song came insane. out like thirty years ago, at least. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that the kiddos are finally listening to Kate Bush because she's uh, the best. Um, but wild. I mean, it's amazing. You know what a show can do for a song. But yeah, absolutely. That episode is the best episode of the season and you will cry mm. your little eyes out is that the last episode no oh, okay okay it's episode four okay and good it to is know the strongest it's just like the most cohesive mm-hmm. um sadie sink is the like it's her storyline and it's just mm-hmm. <sighs> incredible so good well i can't wait i'm very excited yeah i think now once it. i get through the slog of the last half of Ozark yeah and that's it right this is the final season yeah, yeah I'm really I just wish it was over now <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really want to watch even their last like I mean I don't even know what happens but I just I'm just like oh I just want Jonah to kill everyone I think it's, take off on the road it's hard when you you like have watched a show and you've sort of like become really attached to it and then the, like, last season feels sort of like a chore. Like, that sucks. I think I just feel like it took too long. And, like, I lost interest. And, like, I wish that it had just come out all together. If it had just come out all at once, like, I just don't care. I cared <laughs> in the first half of the season four. Yeah. I don't care about the second half. Like, I don't. Ugh. It's just the same thing over and over again. So, yeah, I'm a little bit ready for it to be over with. Um, and just be done, and then we can move on to Stranger Things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's it's kind of been a quiet summer thus far in terms of new stuff. I'm, I'm curious to see what might be coming out soon. They did confirm that this next uh, season of Ted Lasso, even though there is no release date, guys, mm-hmm. will be their last officially. Wow. Well, I'm excited for it. Which, you know, in direct opposition to Ozark, like, it's good that they're going to be going out on top, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, I think Boys, The Boys is coming back soon. Yeah, they just dropped three episodes. Okay, we yeah, only made it through the first one, and it, uh, <laughs> it is as raunchy and ridiculous as ever. Oh, is, yes, I did hear that there is a particular scene that a lot of people uh i guess were surprised that it made it into the show because it was in the comics i guess yeah just like one big like superhero orgy is that what i'm oh uh well if that if that's coming i haven't seen it yet but this one is a little uh i don't know how to explain it but it's it's a lot okay Um, 
And I think I'll just have to wait until you've seen it to Great. discuss it more thoroughly because oh, I don't no. know how to talk about it otherwise. Oh, God. Is this going to ruin Jensen Ackles for me? No, he's not in the first episode. Okay. Phew. <laughs> But maybe, who knows? But maybe, I know, yeah. It might, it might. It might. This, uh, show, this show makes me look at every every person in a slightly disturbed way, so. I know, I know. I'm just like, how, it'll be weird for me because I've only ever watched Judson Ackles as Dean Winchester. Yeah, this like, is going to be He a is synonymous to, he is Dean Winchester. Like, I've, I have seen him in, like, maybe two other, like, pieces of media ever but he's he just is dean winchester so i don't know it's gonna be weird um to sort of see him and i don't have the same affinity for jared padalecki because he was dean uh in gilmore girls before yeah i know exactly the worst (laughs) Uh, he's also just like so boring to watch that i'm like who cares Sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, at least Jensen Ackles yeah. is like a charming and talented individual. He is, he is, and you know, he's yeah. I agree. I totally agree. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll see how I feel about Jensen Ackles in this role. Um, and I'll give you my thoughts. Uh, whenever I end up watching it, but I'm sure it will be in the next little while. My husband, I know my husband really like wants to see that one. So, yeah. um, so between that and Stranger Things, I'm gonna have like a lot of TV to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good i want all of your thoughts i want midnight yes. discord messages yeah exactly <laughs> um, and then next week we will be back to our our actual programming for the summer we are doing needle in a time stack yes uh with leslie odom jr yes a movie that uh the title makes it Oof. sound terrible but we're gonna watch it anyway it does suffer from extremely bad titling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, extremely bad. Like, but we're going to give it a go. We're going to not get worse. Report back. Yeah, I'm very excited because I do <coughs> deeply love Leslie Odom Jr. <laughs> so He's wicked talented. So Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited. And I think I, I'm excited for it because I know it is a romance. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not a romp. So I love a little romance drama. I'm me done. too, and it doesn't happen very often. So I'm I'm excited for it. So I we'll know see. you're right. When was the last time we got like a true like angsty romance movie? Honestly, I don't even know. Maybe Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, listener, we're gonna do a Patrick Swayze marathon. Yeah, one day we're gonna do it all. Yeah, but no, I I don't know. It's been a long time since there was a romance, like, drama. I know. Like, I don't even know. I can't even think of one. That has, like, a a happy ending. Yeah, I mean, we don't actually know if this movie has a happy ending, to be honest. (laughs) I know. We're just guessing. We're taking a risk, y'all. Do you think we'll be kissing? Will someone actually have sex? Oh my god, will someone kiss? I hope so. Should Join us next to be week. Called a romance, anything if there's no smooching. I know it's true. Well, you'll have to tune in next week, listener, to find all the details and all our thoughts on yes, those of details. Which we will have an hour and forty-five minutes worth. There will be many. Maybe. If you want to listen to our previous episodes, you can check them out on our website, www.hotelvicarious.com. 
Or you can email us, hotelvicarious at gmail.com. You can also chat with us on socials, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Hotel Vicarious. Thank you for listening. Thanks for checking in to Hotel Vicarious, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Bye.